0: Welcome to the Share Chair podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening.
1: Okay. Um, here I am with Christina Reyes, otherwise known as Tina. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Why
0: don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, my name is Christina Reyes. I go by Tina though, because it's a lot easier and shorter. Um, I um, live in Green Haven. I go to school at Green Haven High School. I am a junior. Um, I've always I've always lived here in Green Haven ever since I was little, ever since I was born technically. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like two siblings, but they're all older than me. Um, really cool people, and uh, I live with my mom, and it's pretty, it's pretty fun, it's pretty cool, and I have a dog, mm-hmm. his name is Oreo, Aww. pretty fun dude, uh, like, um, yeah, I like to hang out with people outside of school, and just, like, talk, Um, it's very, it's very much, like, I, like, I used to, like, not, like, to talk to people, a lot because people would think I would because I always used to be a weird kid like mm-hmm. everyone who went to school like elementary school you don't know me you don't know me <laughs> you don't know you if you knew me that you didn't know me then like you didn't know who I was and Aww. so like I was like yeah I was like the outcast I was weird and everything and then I started to change and then even people were like wow Tina you actually like really changed like what happened and I was like uh, life happened mm-hmm. because after my my dad passed away in sixth grade it was really like a turning point for me to really like clean myself up and really like work on my feelings and my anxiety and my depression and everything mm-hmm. and um, here I am now just me just vibing
1: Wow well there are a couple things hinted at in there that <laughs> were, that are big mm-hmm. kind of turning points
0: a lot of people get shocked when I like point out, like I'll make like I'll think of it like, oh, it's like nothing. Like, mm-hmm. like especially with my dad passing away, I'll be like, Yeah, my dad's dead. And people will take like be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry about that, and be like, you know what? It's life. What are you gonna do about it? He was like suffering for a for a while. So I really was like, I kind of just knew something was gonna happen. And when I got that call at 1020, And in the morning at school, it was Friday, May 20th or 10th. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they were, they told me to go down to the office and they were like, yeah, my mom was like, your dad passed away and everything. I kind of was like, I wasn't shocked because he was already like struggling with health issues and everything. And he had a stroke. So the right side of his body was paralyzed. So I kind of just like, my best friend's gone already. Mm -hmm. So I kind of was like, it was already like it was already sorry I like I it's like I don't get choked up about it but then I, I do mm-hmm. because he's still my dad mm-hmm.
1: still love him still mm-hmm. he's still my buddy it'll always hit you it'll always. hit you at weird times that's the nature of grief mm-hmm. isn't it
0: yeah and like in the ways I like to like like kind of like I don't know how you say like deal with my feelings mm-hmm. or something like that I like make I like I, I joke about it or like I treat it I kind of treat it as something like it happened. life happens it's what's made me like who I am today, like and I love me so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: exactly. So how did that you you've talked about it a little bit, but can you talk a little bit more about how that impacted you in, pro, in your process of development and evolution oh, yeah. and your growth?
0: So when my dad passed away, i was I had to live with my mom. And so, but they were, like, their houses were right next to each other. Like, they both built their houses right next to each other. So, because they were also divorced when I was when I was born, around the time before, around the time. So, every other week, I would just go back and forth and back and forth. And that was already, like, stressful enough. And we already had to deal with all this kind of junk about, like, them arguing all the time, going to court all the time, and doing all these issues. Um, and so, when he... So when he passed away, it was kind of just like, it was like a turning point for me. Like, and also, and the thing is, I never really had time to like grieve mm-hmm. or mourn his death because everyone was just telling me like, oh, you've got to move on. Life happens, you know? Like he's like this and that, like treat it like it was nothing kind of. And so, and like everyone was trying to pretend like everything's fine, everything's okay. But then when it came to, like when I actually like I was like, wow, he's, like, actually dead, like, and, I, and like, it was, like, I bottled up all my feelings and everything, and I kind of was just, like, mm-hmm. like, just, like, pre- like pretending to be happy and everything, and then when I, like, when I got back, and when I got into sports and everything, because he always wanted me to do, like, high-impact sports, because he always knew me as, like, he always knew me as, like, the tough girl, like, the tomboy, boy, like, always, like, doing something with the dudes or with the guys, <laughs> And so he always wanted me to do wrestling, do football, and all that kind of stuff. And I tried those out. It didn't fit me until I got rugby. Mm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you play rugby a mm-hmm. little bit for your dad.
0: Yeah. Like, I, like, I'll, like, I'll, like, even, like, before, like, I start a game, I'll be, like, this is for you, dad. Oh. Yeah. Like, I'll be, and then I'll be, like, and, like, sometimes it gets me, like, a little emotional because, mm-hmm. like, I wish he was watching me mm-hmm. or whatever. But, like... I also remember he's like he's he's watching me like mm-hmm. it's all chill it's all good like do you feel him sometimes? Mhm. Sometimes I do yeah like sometimes like I'll even like I like so like it's been weird like sometimes I'd be dreaming about him and I'll be like I like he's there and everything and I'll be like, ugh. like that's like if, it gives you like overwhelming amount of emotions like mm-hmm. I remember I was like have, I had this one game in Granville and I was just overwhelmed with emotion because I I was like I wish my dad was here and everything but like I sucked at that game that game was so bad (laughs) I swear that game was so bad so I'm glad he wasn't there to see it so (laughs) but like all the other games were like it was my first year uh, playing rugby last year and it was like nervous for me because I was I wanted to join freshman year but I was busy with a lot of things so I couldn't and so, you know, playing rugby last year, it kind of, like, it kind of, like, helped me out, like, getting all, like, that anger and emotional stuff by tackling people and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. And it was always just, like, it was just, like, yeah, this is, like, what I want to do. This is, like, my favorite thing ever. And, like, I'm so glad I'm doing this. What made you think of rugby? Well, I was, like, because I, uh, I played, like, a year of football in um, Lakeshore. Okay. Yeah, and I did wrestling. And so then I was kind of like, but, the, but those are not my things. The guys are kind of mean mm-hmm. on the team. So mm-hmm. I was like, ugh, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, they were making rumors about me and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and goodness. so I was, yeah, they were always making, like, rumors and everything, telling me I suck and everything, which is true. But, like, <laughs> I didn't want to believe that at the time. <laughs> you don't have to go
1: say it out loud. Yeah, like, you don't got to say it out loud. Like, chill, okay?
0: And then, and then I was kind of like, okay, then I did lacrosse for a couple of years. Like, yeah, like yeah a couple of years um eighth grade through ninth grade and then I was like this is ain't for me because the girls are mean too like (laughs) I know it was like I couldn't find anything
1: your niche yeah and
0: then I found and then I was like I always wanted to do rugby because like my eighth grade not my eighth grade my seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. Wiersma, he was like, I think you should do rugby because his daughter did rugby. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that would work for Mm -hmm. you and everything. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then I actually tried it out and I love it. So when I was growing up, I was always, I was always considered chubby, I guess you could say. Like I was, because I live in a a traditional Mexican household where like my mom always makes like Mexican food and it's always like unhealthy, I guess you could say. Sometimes but it's so good. It's so good. I know. <laughs> and I sometimes I'll be like huh? like I don't want it, but like I do. Because my mom will make tamales and then I'll end up eating six of them like on Christmas Eve. Like I'll eat six of them in one sitting and then be like huh? I'm still hungry. But
1: it's a tamale. It's a tamale. Are those really that unhealthy? I I know, but like
0: you don't even like when you eat them you don't even notice like they're in there and like so you just eat them and eat them and eat them. But I think it's because like Like the, like the masa, like Mm -hmm. that makes up the whole tamale. It's just very light and Mm -hmm. everything. So it kind of just like, it just, it makes it like, you just eat it, you just eat it. Yeah. And you just can't stop because it tastes so good. From there, like I would always be eating, like I would always eat. I always love junk food and everything. And, you know, like, um, you know, like I really didn't care when I was younger until I started getting bullied for it. You know, Mm. because I wasn't, because I, at first I went to Robinson because that's where I live out there in West Olive. And then I transferred to um, Rosie because I was having anxiety issues over there. And so it wasn't even any better because the bullying just got worse Mm. when I went to Rosie. And, you know, people would be calling me like fat. And obviously I was a weird kid. And so I would be weird and everything. And so it really just didn't help that I was getting bullied and everything and there was times where I was like well yeah like I deserve this probably and everything and I was like it was like it was really self-destructive and everything and I was like wow I'm actually like I'm actually like like I hate myself and everything I'm gonna and I would always be like ever since like I like fit fourth grade like I would always try to be like dieting or trying to like fit in and like Fourth fourth grade yeah and it's crazy like I was literally like what is like fourth grade, like the age range, like 10 or something like that? Yeah. 10 or 11 or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And like having to be like, like feeling the need to like diet, work out, and everything when you're in fourth grade just because people don't like how you look, apparently. Or feel
1: like they can comment. You feel like they can right. comment
0: because they think it's their business, which mm-hmm. it isn't. And like, it really like, it really like said, like it triggers something mm-hmm. in your head and mm-hmm. it's. It just makes, like, life worse. And so, but my dad would always be like, no, you're fine. Like, who cares? Like, you're just, you're, you're, like, why do you care if anyone says anything about you? And if they have something to say, they can handle it with me. Mm -hmm. Like, my dad would always be like, if somebody hits you, you hit them back. (laughs) And so I'd always be like, me getting into fights all the time. So, Mm -hmm. like, and so it was really, it was really kind of hard to, like, grow up in, like, a setting where it's, like, I didn't really, I didn't, like in Grand Haven community, I don't really see a lot of people like me. Mm-hmm. Maybe like a few people, like Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Like, I would only see like a few people that like were actually like, that looked like me, kind of like the same body type, mm-hmm. made, like same size and everything. And it wasn't until like, probably I got into White Pines where I had like one friend mm-hmm. that was kind of like me. And then Lake Shore, I, like, I had one friend And then when I got to high school, I started making more friends, and that's when I changed and everything, but then, and that's when I started, like, loving my body and loving myself and changing my perspective on things and changing the people who I would hang out with because, oh, some people that I hang out with here are, some people are a little bit suspicious and weird sometimes, so I would be, like... Like, they would say, like, things that wouldn't be, like, okay, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, offensive jokes and everything. And I thought that was okay for a while. Like, being edgy and offensive and everything was a personality, which in reality it isn't. It's actually, like, really, like... Because they would be saying, like, oh, like, racist jokes and everything, mm-hmm. thinking that it's okay, or, like, sexual harassment or sexual assault jokes and everything. And, and, I would, and I've, uh, for a while I thought that was okay because I wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, if I can't fit in body type wise and height wise, I might as well fit in, I guess, air quotes, personality wise. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot
1: of people do that.
0: Yeah. And so I was kind of just trying to, like, associate myself with people who weren't really that great who would always be saying slurs all the time and I thought that was okay for me to say and everything just because I'm brown but in reality it's not because I'm offending somebody's culture Mm -hmm. race and ethnicity and whatnot and and then I realized that like during quarantine when all this kind of stuff happened like social justice and everything Mm -hmm. and I really started to educate myself and now I'm like the biggest like and now I like I understand that I can't be saying this stuff and I don't need to be riding anyone's coattail or anything and to fall down a wrong path and Mm I just be like I'm just me I'm just gonna be like me I'm I understand like I'm not gonna be making these jokes anymore because I'm actually like hurting people Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stop hanging out with those people and everything, and, and it turns out, like, some of the people I used to hang out with aren't really great people in reality. I was just blinded at the fact that I just wanted to fit in. They were actually, like, straight up, like, mean or whatever. They were just, like, not good
1: people. And but, is that relatively recently? You said during quarantine? You
0: Well, it was, like, quarantine when I started, like, changing. But, like, mm-hmm. sophomore and freshman years when I was hanging around with that group. Mm-hmm. And then quarantine happened, and then I started, like, you know when you have all that time to yourself thinking and everything it's kind of just like wow like just seeing all of these things happening in the news and what's going on like the election like riots and protests and all these kind of things happening listening to stories hearing people's perspectives on things and um it really changes a person really and and like it really changes a person because you just need to educate yourself on these situations and on these things um, instead of just being uh, like arrogant or ignorant mm-hmm. about the situation and just start saying things that are out of line.
1: Arrogant and ignorant, I think, are two really good words to describe what, what gets in our way. So often with fostering communication and connection, it's our it's our ignorance which leads to our arrogance, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a false sense of what reality is. Right? Exactly,
0: and that's what I struggle with a lot. Like, with with like some people, like at the school, like they'll say something out of line, and I'll be like, "Hey, that's not okay." Here's like the history behind it. I'm trying to educate you. Sometimes they'll come out the wrong way, mm-hmm. where it seems that I'm trying, to, like there have been there have been incidents where this one girl got, like, I apparently, like, I was saying, like, oh, she's a racist or whatever, but in reality, I was just saying, like, well, the things she's saying kind of, like, it's, like, racial tendencies, but not really, and, like, the homophobic tendencies and everything, and some things are, like, said out of line, like, I wasn't, like, I was, like, saying, like, those things kind of sound racist, but I wasn't calling her, like, a racist. I didn't believe – I don't believe anyone's, like, born to, born racist or anything or born, like, homophobic, transphobic or anything like that. I just believe, like, for me, like, people are people. Like, there's no such thing as, like, bad people. There's just – people just do, like, they make mistakes or they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of just, like – I was like, yeah, I know. I totally – and we had to – I had to confront her – about this, and I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, like, have it come out like this, or have it be a rumor, or whatever, and I apologize, like, I'll apologize, and I'll, like, and um, for future references i'll come talk to you like mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of people don't think like i am like i can like have a civil conversation with someone mm-hmm. and it won't be all like fighting or whatever it won't be like lashing out or whatever because i'm a very understanding person like if you confront me if i if i say something or if like if i say something that's out of line or that i don't understand anything about then i'll will be i'll be okay with it like i'll understand it's not that I'm not willing to like learn and understand, mm-hmm. and with some kids here, like some people just don't want to educate themselves, and it's kind of like it's kind of like, well, you can't force education on someone you really can't you can't really force somebody to change i guess you could, I guess you could say, but like just try to like encourage them mm-hmm. to encourage them to like understand the point of, like, this, this word, or this topic, or this situation, you know, and, you know, being, like, growing up, like, growing up Latina, and chubby, a different body type than a lot of people, it really is just, like, in this community, it's, like, very much, like, it's been, it's been, it's been a struggle, Mm -hmm. because I, like I said, I've never really made connections with a lot of people here, because... They were all just. It's pretty much in my in my words. I like to say this. I was just like oh, this school is pretty much 90% white and 10% minority. But I'm trying. But I'm seeing a lot more lately. You know, with like the programs and everything, and the the what is it called? Like the transfer students and everything. Mm-hmm. And seeing more people like me, it's kind of it's kind of nice to know that you know I can share my struggles with somebody else. Mm-hmm and talk to them about it, and, you know, maybe they could agree or something like that, and, you know, maybe I can, like, talk to them about a certain situation or a topic that we can, that we both have an understanding about Mm -hmm. or that we can bond over instead of having to just sit there and just, just, like, pretend, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, like, like, yeah, it's, like, it's, like, like, I don't care, like, I don't care that I am, like, probably one of the only, like, like brown kids in my classroom like i don't care about like that i just kind of wish that we had more mm-hmm. and that uh, you know now that in this school like has that stereotype of like oh it's the rich white kids school mm-hmm. and in reality it's really not there's a lot of people who are struggling like people mm-hmm. who are homeless people who are um independent like kids like these 17 mm-hmm. and 16 year old kids like i have to be independent and they can't go nowhere or they're in terrible living situations and sometimes people don't understand that where if people don't understand that not everyone is living just like you like not everyone's living in like a suburban home area nice family like no no issues or whatever at all being bought everything because in reality everyone's struggling with something and I'm like and I'm like there was a moment. In my, there was a moment in time where I was kind of ashamed of who I was and everything because I'm middle class. I'm am eth- ethnic and I am just I'm just like not like everyone else. But then I realized everyone else has. There's a lot of other not everyone. A lot of people have like similar like lives like me or like worse. And that's when I started like really and that's when I started like really like opening up to more people and like talking to them and making connections with them and mm-hmm. really like just be like I don't care about like your history like I really don't care and just be nice to me mm-hmm. and just say nice things and don't say anything rude or anything or like offensive and we'll be good and I'll like you and we'll be best friends I don't <laughs> care we can literally go out and get coffee I don't
1: care. So it's a couple of things, right? I mean, it's it's you looking around and, and wishing to see your identity mirrored back to you. Yep. You know? Like, there were moments where I was like, Mom, why
0: can't I go to West Ottawa? Because it's a lot more... Um, there's a lot more uh, like ethnicities and diversity exactly diversity over there and my mom's like no because she she always uses this excuse excuse she's like no because your aunt got into a fight over there one time (laughs) when they were in high school and I was literally like whatever mom you were you didn't even go to that high school you were born in Mexico whatever (laughs) and so like and like And so also like having like a traditional Mexican mom, like she was from Mexico, Mm -hmm. like straight up. Born and raised there, no electricity, no like technology, just like, and they were like pretty poor, they were pretty Mm -hmm. poor. And they had like six kids living with them, all of them, six kids. And so, and then her family immigrated. I was gonna say, you know,
1: and I wanna get back to that, but two, you, You also, you know, you're talking about looking around and seeing other brown kids and and this and that, kids who look like you, or you you can see it obviously, but you also shifted your perspective a little bit to realize that that's not all there is to it. Mm -hmm. I mean, in that conversation, you were saying... I see kids, you know, once I start talking to people there are a lot more people. That kid who lives in the suburban household and gets everything is really not the majority. That's really the minority. Yeah, that's really um, the minority. More yeah. people have in common with you some of these other areas that are that are also part of what And makes I didn't us, even us, realize that yeah, for a that's long what time I when was I was cool. growing
0: up from like from like 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 White Pines to like Lakeshore like I thought like pretty much like everyone was like oh, like, everyone's all, like, stuck up, they're all rich and everything, like, let me try to fit in at least, as much as I can and everything, and once I got into high school, started meeting more people and understanding a lot more, and I realized, I was like, not everyone is rich, and not everyone has a brain surgeon father or, like, a lawyer, like, a, like anything like that. Some people are actually, like, like, living, like, like, middle class or lower than that, and, they they might and they can be even great people they can mm-hmm. be awesome people like talking to them will literally be like the best thing that's ever like mm-hmm. like the best conversation ever and you know they may not have a great living situation they mm-hmm. may struggle with mental health issues and everything mm-hmm. and that's unlike unless you're a good like a like if you're a decent person I feel like that's all you need to do in life, you don't really need money to be as successful in life. Absolutely. And like this is like this conversation I had with my mother. I was like, I don't think that success should be all about money. I think if you're just like a decent person, you know, and you're not like like a rapist, pedophile. If you're like, If you don't do any of that and you're just like a sweet, awesome person to talk to, and you're just like and you're just living life how it is like yeah like that stuff happens like I think you're already successed at life like all you need to do for life is just be happy
1: so Brian Stevenson who wrote the book Just Mercy Mm -hmm. have you you read that book or seen the movie yet no I haven't you love the movie Brian he's or the book he's Mm -hmm. wonderful he um started the Southern Poverty Justice Law Initiative, something like that. But he helps to get um, men, women, people of color who are false, who did not receive a fair trial and mm-hmm. are you know often on death row, on circumstantial evidence and so on. His, he's a lawyer who tries to help people get their justice that they deserve. And one of the things that stands out from his book and from the movie that came out of it Mm -hmm. is his statement that we are so much more than the worst thing we've ever done. Mm -hmm. So even if those people have those labels that are really bad, Mm -hmm. um, we can, the idea of growth is that we can grow from wherever we are. Mm -hmm. That the human journey is really about what we share, which is We're more than that. We can do, we can even do bad things, but we can grow out of that. We can share our journey together and we can continue to evolve. You
0: know what? And like, especially like the stuff like when I was saying earlier, like I was like hanging out with the wrong group of kids and saying all of these slurs and all of these things, thinking I'm funny. I really just, I was like, wow, that's Mm -hmm. not me. Mm -hmm. And I'm just being hateful and hurtful. Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna, like, I just grew from that. Like, and and I think, yeah, and like, I'm always, like, I'm always super honest about, like, I, like a lot of things about, like, kind of, like, that stuff, like, about my past, like, yeah, like, I didn't know, I was ignorant, I was stupid, mm-hmm. all the stuff I said and did, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't believe in that stuff anymore, I don't do that stuff anymore, and I'm different, and I do believe that people can change, like, but it'll just take time. Once you know better, do better. Thank
1: you so much, Absolutely. it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you, too. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shared Chair Podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.